How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. And today, I'm not even going to go over topics. I'm just going right into it because I have a rant to do about the Buffalo Sabres. End of October, the Sabres were 9-2-2. Over this past month of November, the Sabres went 3-8-3. Once again, starting the season off good and then giving their fans false hope. But it's bigger than that. This franchise is the laughing stock of the NHL. This team makes me sick. We went out this offseason and brought back our number one goal scorer last season in Jeff Skinner. A great trade by Jason Botter. We gave up a few picks and Cliff Pooh, a prospect who was traded from Carolina to another team. I don't even know where he is now. But it's a great trade. Go out and sign him to an eight-year, $9 million extension. Many fans were super happy, thinking, oh, man, Reinhardt, Eichel, Skinner, that line's going to be one of the top four or five in the NHL. And we brought in some pieces, and we can maybe compete for a playoff spot this year, if not for sure next year, at least be in that playoff conversation. And you know what? Right now the Sabres are in the playoff conversation. But you're telling me we're paying Jeff Skinner $9 million per season to play on a line with either Vladimir Saboka or Johan Larson. That's just utterly ridiculous. This team makes me not even want to watch them anymore. I'm sick and tired of getting cute with the lineups. We're playing seven defensemen every game now. Rochester played a game the other night where they had eight defensemen and ten forwards because we have guys up here like Lazar and Dia who we're not even playing. Instead, we're going to play seven defensemen in our lineup and rotate guys around. Makes no sense. Yeah, that's great. Jeff Skinner's on pace for like 50 points this year because you want to put Johan Larson on our second line. And then the start of the year, you had him with Johansson Saboka, which wasn't terrible because at least Johansson has some sort of skill and him and Skinner were connecting. No, now you're playing him with Johan Larson and Connor Sheary, who hasn't scored really at all in the past few weeks. Ralph Kruger keeps talking about scoring balance. Scoring balance In your last 14 games, five times you've scored one goal or less. There was a time period, like a four stretch of games, that unless Jack Eichel scored, we weren't scoring at all. It's the same as last year. Our top line could score, and that was it. At least if we do have Skinner, Reinhardt, and Eichel together, you're pretty much going to be guaranteed two goals a game. My goodness. This team is just atrocious. We traded a second and a fifth round pick this past offseason for a quality defenseman who has been in the cup multiple times in Colin Miller, and he only has a cap hit of 3.38, but yet we continuously bench him and don't play him for guys like Marco Scandella, Jake McCabe, Rasmus Ristolainen, Zach Bogosian. I just don't get it. What is wrong with this team? The Bagulas are inept at running an NHL franchise. The Sabres are the laughing stock of the NHL. Look at the other night when we played Toronto a couple nights ago. Probably 65, if not more, percent of that arena was Toronto fans. And I get it. A lot of fans do sell their Toronto tickets to make back some of their money because Toronto fans are willing to pay more. But you want to know why they don't come either? Because this team sucks. They're not that fun to watch. They play one to two good games a week out of probably four or five games they might play. 
half the guys that are in the lineups weren't even from this regime, and yet we're continuously putting them out there because we think it's going to change. Victor Olsen's been a bright spot this year, but you know what? He wasn't a Jason Botterill pick. Tim Murray picked Victor Olsen in the seventh round. And now he's starting to shine, and that's just good development. And don't get me wrong, Jason Botterill has done a very good job as far as developing guys in Rochester and bringing these guys up and grooming them. I think he's actually done a phenomenal job with that. But as far as everything else go, besides the Jeff Skinner and Brandon Montour trades, what else has he done? We continuously bring back, as I mentioned before, guys from the Tim Murray area. Jake McCabe, Zemgus Gergensens, Evan Rodriguez, Zach Bogosian, Johan Larson. And we're playing these guys on the second and third lines. We have McCabe and Ristolainen playing the most minutes of all of our defensemen. And we're getting beat constantly because neither of them are that good at defense. Rasmus Ristolainen has been better this year, but he's still an offensive-minded defenseman. Brandon Montour is an offensive-minded defenseman. Rasmus Dahlien's hurt and he's been struggling. The only good defenseman we've had consistently has been Henry Okiaru, which was a great trade by Botterill. But it's just embarrassing. We're playing guys that are barely fourth-liners or third-line defensemen on other teams as our second, third-line forwards or first-line defense. And you wonder why Sabres fans don't want to come or we keep wondering why we're the same old crap team. We bring back guys like Gergensen and Larson. For what? To kill penalties? To score maybe four or five goals a year? I mean, if you want to bring back one of them for penalty killing reasons or whatever, why not? Throw them on the fourth line, do whatever. But you're bringing back four to five of them every year. And you're getting the same result. I don't understand it. Casey Middlestat pick hasn't really worked out so far yet. The NHL still looks at you like you're a bunch of clowns after that O'Reilly trade. We traded a borderline star. I guess you could even call him a star after his last playoff performance with the Blues when he won the Cup. He's a first or second liner on every single team in the NHL. When we got back Patrick Berglund, who was maybe a second line, low second line center, good third line center, who decided to leave our team because he didn't want to play here. Vladimir Saboko, who for some reason we continuously put in our top two to three lines when he's barely a fourth line player who cannot score goals and is not that good of a player. But everyone drools over him and the coaching staff because of his ability at face-offs and penalty kills. But we have other guys on the team that do that. If you want to bring back Johan Larson, that's your fourth-line guy that does that. You don't need three other of them taking up space when you can have guys down from Rochester. Lazar, CJ Smith, Tage Thompson, when he's not hurt, up here getting quality minutes and at least giving you some offensive production. We don't know what Dylan Cousins is going to be yet. Um, you know, as I said before, he drafted Dahlien and Middlestad. Middlestad hasn't panned out. Dahlien's really struggled this year, and now he's hurt. But we just have, it just seems like this franchise has no idea that their team's struggling, and they're not going to make any moves. All the other teams in the NHL are laughing at us because of that Ryan O'Reilly trade, and know now that we're desperate to get second and third line help on the wings to help Johansson, help Eichel, out more as far as scoring depth goes. 
and they're laughing at us when we're trying to give them Colin Miller, Marco Scandella, Bogosian, Risto Linen. Because they know we're going to have to overpay and give them more picks or a prospect to get a player back that they want because they know we're desperate. Who wants to take on a $5.4 million contract in Ristolainen? Who wants to take on a 5.14 in Bogosian? A $4 million in Scandella? Why the heck did we trade a second and a fifth for Colin Miller, who is a 3.38 cap, which isn't even that bad, just to trade him to another team when he's probably your third best defenseman? Outside of Okiaru and Dalene and maybe Montour. Montour is an offensive-minded player. We didn't make any other moves in the offseason to really bolster our scoring. Johansson was hurt for a little bit, but he's really the only one that can score goals or at least provide some offense. I know Jimmy Vesey's had two or three good games over the stretch, especially against Toronto and Calgary, but... Besides these last three to four games, he's been the worst saber all year. He makes no difference on the ice. We traded for Jimmy VC with the Tim Murray era for his rights to his contract. He doesn't sign with us, signs the Rangers. And then we trade another pick for him to come in and bolster our scoring. Well, guess what? He hasn't done that outside the last two, three games. And I doubt it's going to carry for the rest of the season. I would be utterly shocked if Jimmy Vesey scores more than 12 goals this year. Connor Sheary, he's a borderline third-line player. Middle stat, he's pretty much the same as last year, not showing drastic improvements at all. Our fourth line is Jurgensen's, Larson, and whoever else. We have Asplund up now. Even Larson's been playing, like I said, on the second line lay because we're so uh, injury hurt with the injury bug right now. And Botterill wants to keep saying that we have to keep defensive depth because we're going to need it down the stretch. Do you not realize we've been skating and starting seven defensemen every single night for the past, like, four games? What's the point of that? Down in Rochester, you still have Will Borgen, Lawrence Pilot, Casey Nelson. I just told you how they dressed eight defensemen. What do you mean we need depth? We have depth. Move some defensemen and get some help for this team. It's just ridiculous. Middlestat, VC, Sheary, Larson, Gergensons, they're lucky if they can scratch the fourth or third lines on half the other teams in the NHL, but there are second and third line players because this franchise is disgusting. At least they did it right with the Bills. I give the Bagulas credit in that. They went out, they hired Brandon Bean, who had a good record and was very instrumental in developing the Carolina Panthers, brought him in with McDermott, built that from the ground up, and look at where the Bills are now. They did it completely correctly. First year, they kind of went with the team that they had from the last regime, moved a decent amount of pieces around, kept the quarterback just because it would have been hard to try to draft and develop one that first year, and they snuck into the playoffs. The second year... They draft the QB that they want, develop him throughout the course of the year, struggle a little bit, show a promise at the end of the season, miss the playoffs, and now look at them. They're 9-3. and three. And you can go up and down the Bills roster, and you can maybe count five players max out of the 53 that is from the previous Rex Ryan regime. You go up and down the Sabres lineup, and you can see 15, 20 players that are from the previous regime. And don't get me wrong, guys like Reinhardt, Eichel, those guys, they're 
generational talents. You have to keep them. No matter what regime they're in, they're going to be around. You should want to be building around them. But right now, the Bagulas haven't shown that they've been able to hire the correct people to get the Sabres correctly. To me, if you don't make the playoffs this year, you need to blow it up, start from scratch. You start with Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin, Reinhardt, and Skinner. Those are your four main pieces. You can throw Okiaru in there to make a second to make a second uh, defenseman. There's your five. Build around those five. Get rid of all these third and fourth line players that do nothing. Hopefully Dylan Cousins, the way he's playing right now, will be your third line center next year. Maybe you keep a guy like Johansson around when you try to shop him because he has some value. And then go out and be ballsy and make some trades and make something happen. The fans deserve more than this. Eight years of not making plus. We already went through a 17-year drought with the Bills. We don't need to do it again with the Sabres. We have enough talent on our top end as far as our first and second line goes when all healthy. And when I talk about that, I'm thinking Tage Thompson being in your second line right wing next to or next to Johansson and Skinner. And then you've got Olofsson and Reinhardt and Eichel. But the longer we're inept and not doing anything, sitting back on our butts, doing absolutely nothing, not realizing this team's struggling, even our goaltending's been suspect. I know we have UPL developing the minors, but go out and get another backup goalie because I'm sick and tired of Carter Hutton, honestly, at this point. Ride Omar because he's been the hot goalie and he's younger. But we're just wasting guys like Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel's career. And I wouldn't even be surprised if a guy like Sam Reinhardt leaves in the offseason. He doesn't want to re-sign here because of how bad this team is. And we can't hire a coach that can get it done. And I'm tired of, well, it takes some time. Look at the amount of coaches around the NHL in their first year that are making playoff appearances. Look at what Craig Berube did, stepping in as an interim coach and leading his team to the Stanley Cup. If we keep just talking about, oh, it takes time, takes time, and you're settling. Stop settling. Realize that losing is not okay. Go find someone that realizes it's not okay, that will make bold trades. At least if Jason Bottle goes out tomorrow and acquires Johnny Goudreau from the Flames for middle stat, wrist and a pick or something, Along those lines, I will never say a word about Jason Bottle ever again because at least he's trying to make a huge splash to make this team better. But until we do that, this team is disgusting and the Sabres should be ashamed of themselves and they should be shocked if they sell out any more games this year if this keeps going. <sighs> okay. All right. Now that I got that off my chest, let's talk about some good stuff. How about the 9-3 Buffalo freaking Bills? 9-3. A 26-15 win over the Dallas Cowgirls and Jason Garrett's scrub of a head coach. And Dak Prescott and Zeke and all those star players. And the Bills walk into Dallas in their game on Thanksgiving in a game that viewed was the most viewed on Thanksgiving in 27 years. And the Bills absolutely dominated them from after that first touchdown on through the rest of the game. Josh Allen had the best game of his career, and he shut myself 
and a lot of haters up. That kid balled out. 19 of 24, 231 yards, stood tall in the pocket. No really bad passes. No interceptions. One touchdown to Beasley, who had a huge revenge game. Six catches for 110 and a touchdown. And then Allen ran for an additional 43 and a touchdown. He also did a nice job on that trick play where John Brown threw the touchdown. If Josh Allen can continue to do that forward, he's going to be a franchise quarterback. And I know it's only one game, but that game was eye-opening to me. If he can do that for most of the rest of the year and do something in the playoffs, I'm, I'm all in. I want to see it, but right now he's got me starting to buy into him. Ed Oliver, this could be the Ed Oliver game. Just, you know, absolutely wrecking havoc. Four tackles, two sacks, one strip of Dak Prescott was all over the field. Dallas's offensive line, one of the most paid offensive lines, couldn't stop us on Thursday. They couldn't keep anyone in front of them. Star Latulale got a pick. That's how bad our defensive line was crushing their offensive line. And I want to give Brian Dable a ton of credit for this game. And he needs to stay up in that press box and he needs to keep that mustache. Because whatever he's done these past three games up there, it's working. Those play calls Thursday were incredible. That trick play was something I don't think I've seen the Bills try to run a trick play since, uh, if it served me correctly, week 16 of the 2016 season. I remember the Bills running a flea flicker with Tyrod to Robert Woods in a game that we lost in overtime was Rex Ryan had 10 guys on the field. That was the last time I can remember vividly um, a trick play. And even that one, that was like a Philly special almost with John Brown coming around after Andre Roberts tossed him the ball. But what a game by the Bills, man. And yet the media still won't give them enough credit. The only downfall I'd say that came out of that game was Hauschka. Definitely been struggling, but he's been around the league. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think he's got a one-more game leash, and if he misses some more, he's got to get yanked. Um... 9-3, going up against the Ravens next week. That's a huge game. I'm not even saying you have to win it, but if you can keep the game closer, you do win that. There is no way anyone else in the media can even be skeptical of this team anymore. There's still so many in the media that were just like, oh, it was bad Cowboys. It's not even a good win for the Bills because the Cowboys clearly suck and Jason Garrett's not a good coach. But if the Bills would have lost that game, it'd be like, oh, see, the Bills still can't beat any good teams. So you can't really win with the media. There are some people, people on Good Morning Football, shout out to all of them, Kay Adams, Nate Burleson, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brent, giving the Bills some love almost every week. Love to see that. But um, one more win pretty much guarantees you a playoff berth. You got four teams behind you right now that are sitting at 6-5. and five. Two of them are in the same division with the Colts and Titans. They're going to be battling it out with the Texans, who are one game ahead of them. And they play the Patriots, so they're probably going to lose. Then you got the Raiders, who are clearly falling off now. They got smoked by the Jets last week. They're going to get whomped by Kansas City today. Um, and you got Pittsburgh today against Cleveland. It's kind of a toss-up game. And then you play 
Pittsburgh in a few weeks. So if you can beat them, you're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. And if they do lose to Cleveland today, they're three full games behind you, and you're the five spot right now in the wild card. So one more game pretty much guarantees you a playoff berth, and it stinks because we're probably going to have a better record than some of the teams in front of us for home games, but there's no reason we can't walk into any AFC South team's building and beat them in the playoffs. Or even a team like Kansas City, I know they are juggernaut of an offense, but their defense is pretty uh, susceptible. So the Bills can keep doing that. Very hyped up. Buffalo has a lot to be promised about. Thank God for the Bills because if they were stinking right now, Buffalo would probably be burning to the ground as far as sports goes because the Sabres just suck. Um, and it's really sad because I love Jack Eichel and Reinhardt and all them, but my God, fix that, please, because the Bills are cruising. And then the final segment for today, just kind of talk about some Big Four hoops quicks. Um, not a great start for the Big Four um, around the Western New York area. St. Bonaventure is struggling right now. They're 2-4 and four on the season. Um, they're coming off of a win, but they have bad losses throughout the year so far to Siena, Ohio, Vermont. And they just lost to Canisius at the Key Bank Center the other day. I was there. Really good game. Canisius came out. And really set the tone for that game. They played really well. But uh, Marshmint's a good coach for the Bonaventure uh, Bonnies. So I expect them to eventually get it going. They play in a underratedly tough conference. Niagara's just in shambles. They're 0-5. Um, still no really word besides personal issues why Beeline stepped down for them. But that kind of just put them in a really tough spot. Um, Jamestown's really their only bright spot. He's averaging 14 a game. They haven't really played any close games so far. They've pretty much, get, pretty much getting blown out in all their games. UB's off to a pretty good start, however. 5-2, and two, they did suffer a loss to start their season against Dartmouth. It was a pretty bad loss by their standards. The game they really should have won. They did have a solid win versus Harvard. and They did hold with UConn for quite a while. But they got three straight wins against William & Mary, um, Missouri State, and then Townsend. So they're up to 5-2. and two. Uh, Javon Graves and Ronaldo Segu have done a really nice job stepping up for that team. I think some of these transfers are really starting to get Jim Whitesell's system down, and I expect them to still be competing for a MAC title at the end of the season. And the other MAC conference, Canisius, they're coming off three straight wins against UIC, St. Bonaventure, and Bucknell. Bucknell and Bonaventure, two pretty big wins. Um, I thought Bonaventure was pretty heavily favored going into that Key Bank Center game. A lot more Bonnie fans there than um, Canisius fans. And then the Bucknell game was just a huge win for a team that um, they did beat last year, but that was when they had to call Molson, Reese, and all those other guys. And Bucknell has pretty much been a consistent NCAA tournament team in the past two to three years. Malik Johnson's having an unreal year. Could easily be a first-team all-max selection. He has his name in the player of the year conversation at the moment. And then Yako Fritz, the freshman, has been really good so far as far as carrying the scoring for the big men. And I think Majesty Brandon and Sam Rowlands could be a deadly combo off the bench for Canisius going forward. They got some tough games going or coming up. They're down in Boca Raton and playing in a tournament. They play Mercer today, actually going on right now. Um, they got some tough games coming up, Holy Cross. They do play at UB. I'm probably going to go to that game at University of Buffalo. We'll talk about that on another podcast, how that game goes, uh, just to evaluate both teams. But yeah, it's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to my rant. Um, 
very hyped up about the Bills and the Sabres for opposite reasons, but just how it goes, the nature of sports. Next week, we're going to be talking about which team in the, M- or in the NBA is the best right now, who is the NHL MVP so far, will Jason Garrett get fired, and then finally, I'm going to make my prediction for the college football playoff, talk about which four teams I think deserve to be in. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed it. Thought it was a lot of good content today. And I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I hope you all tune in next week. Thank you, everyone.